Adding wholesale as a channel to your store is a great way to increase revenue. But how do you offer customer-specific pricing in Shopify? Well, there's a bold app for that. It's called Customer Pricing, and it's great for wholesale, of course. But it's also cool to add things like a VIP program where you reward your best customers. It's so easy to use. To put a customer in a price group, you tag their customer account. That's it. Or if you want to get fancy, the app could do it automatically for you, tagging customers into groups based off how much they've spent, how often they've ordered, where they're from, or what products they purchased. For example, let's say a customer spends $500. We could automatically tag them as silver and they get 5% off. Then when they've spent a thousand or more, they get tagged gold and now they get 10% off. And with the tagging by product purchase feature, you could actually sell a membership product and then give members a discount, not unlike a Costco or a Sam's Club. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their customer pricing app free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold and you can install it from there to get the exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page, so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we've got a recurring guest who has now been on both sides of the equation. We are joined by Moitza Zov, who has both been a Facebook ads expert for some time and is now a new online merchant, having scaled her store from zero to 100K in six months and now looking at opening her first brick and mortar store. So I am thrilled to hear about her journey as a merchant through the eyes of someone who has experienced as a, a marketer for many years as a Facebook ads expert. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, a.k.a. Nasty. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Moitza, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, tell me, when did you start this online store? It was end of 2020. I believe if I, I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly, but I think we made the first sale on 8th of December 2020. Well, actually, I, I forgot to tell the name of the store, what you sell. What is this store? Yeah, so it's called Your Soul Time. And we sell, currently, we sell crystals and natural incense. And we're soon expanding to candles as well and some other products for, like, I don't know, relaxation and taking time for yourself. So, yeah. Why did you pick that? Because you, as a, viewing it as a Facebook ads person, like most people have, when they start their store, they are new to branding, marketing, and e-commerce. They're like, they have a painter problem in their own life. That tends to be the entrepreneurial journey here, at least in the context of like, yeah. you know, the hundred something interviews I've done. What, uh, what was your impetus? What made you start this? Great question. So I am actually, I, I, before even starting the store, I was a regular user of natural incense and crystals. I meditate a lot. So I use that as some sort of a tool to... I don't know, just kind of relax myself. Um, the problem was that I couldn't find really good sellers of natural incense here in Slovenia, which is where I started um, my online store. So I decided, you know what? Um, since I'm already buying this stuff from abroad, what if I just buy in bulk um, and I save on shipping <laughs> costs? And I then sell them, sell this to my friends because all of my friends were using this as well. Um, so I started, I just kind of pitched the idea to a friend. I was like, hey, I'm thinking of starting this store and we would sell this natural incense, which we already use. And they were like, this is a great idea because I won't 
pay for shipping anymore, um, not like 15 or $20 for shipping. So we were all excited. And that's essentially what prompted me to swiftly open an on, uh, the online store. Okay. And so you had, so you did have this experience and you did have a, a problem in your own life in that you were in Slovenia. And so anything, yeah. any of these products you were trying to purchase had to be, had to come uh, cross border. Yep. That's true. Yep. Okay. And then you had, uh, you had friends who you thought had similar interests. You're like, all right, I've got a, a fallback if I just buy, you know, a, a bulk quantity of product. I, I know I could probably get rid of it. Correct. And I just, it, it, the, the seller that we were all, or the merchant that we were all buying from me and my friends, we bought from the same merchant. And I just, I honestly, I didn't know how to run an online business or like a, an online store. So I essentially just went to him and said, Hey, if I buy instead of like one or two, if I buy like, I don't know, 50, can you give me a discount? I didn't know about like wholesalers or anything. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like no idea. So I just told him like, if I buy in bulk, can you give me a discount? He was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I, I did exactly that. And I think my first order with him was for like 200 euros. Um, so <laughs> very, so really, a very, very small. Not order. a lot when we're investing in like, okay, this is our first, correct. First product order. Um, but you're, you're not drop shipping cause you're, you're acquiring the product and then you're essentially selling it private label. It seems strange to think about that uh, in regards to crystals, but that's, that would be the model. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. true. And when you launched the store, uh, did you set it up yourself? Did you build the theme yourself? No, I used a free Shopify theme. Um, cause I essentially said, you know what, this is an experiment. And if I can start selling with a free theme, then I can essentially eventually buy a theme for myself that kind of fits the, or make it, or have someone make it. But I wanted to start with a free theme in order to just, yeah, test this idea and see how it goes without investing too much into it. Uh, and so what was your, what was the initial goal? It was like, okay, can I just move this product? Yeah, yeah. That was, and I wanted to do this organically or with a bit of help from Facebook ads, but I didn't want to rely on Facebook ads as my kind of main marketing um, channel. And I wanted to see how far I can push it organically if this is something that people would buy uh, regularly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I essentially started. And how did you get those first customers? That's always the hardest part. It is going from, you know, zero to 10 orders. Yeah. So I have, let's say a decent Instagram following. So I think I have, or at that point I had like 1500 people following me, but to be fair, um, most of them are not my target audience. However, I still use that channel to, first of all, I created a new Instagram uh, profile and then I used my personal one to just publish one Instagram story saying, Hey, I'm launching this new thing. Come check it out. So I got a couple of people following me from there. And then I started just before even launching the store, I started publishing some content like inspirational quotes, which goes really well with what we're selling. Um, I started posting sneak peeks of what we're selling and try or of what we're going to sell and just trying to create some sort of a relationship with the end customer. Um, and that's, that's how I slowly built my following, I think to a couple of hundred before we launched the store. Um, and then when we launched it, when it was essentially opened, um, I just posted an Instagram story and it all got started from there. I have a very good friend, which uh, she was also ordering a lot of incense from the same seller that I previously did. So when we went live, she has 10,000 followers. So she just posted like one short is, or I think that was even like days after we launched. Yeah. So that did help us, but it was, I think after a couple of days after we launched, uh, but those first few sales actually came from our Instagram page or Instagram profile where we 
built our following way before we actually opened um, opened up the store. So we were trying to, you know, build momentum and yeah, just get people hyped up. And so the, really the initial sales came from working with uh, a micro influencer. So somebody yeah, with a true. following of 10,000, yeah. but they, it was your, their following was your target market. Yes, it was. It was, it definitely was. Cause you had a following, but it's, it's people interested largely. In cars. I, my guess is in Facebook ads or, uh, not even Facebook phenomenal ads. car collection, not even Facebook ads. It's just guys following for cars. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not really the target audience. I mean, they, they are interested in crystals and instance. Some of them are, but not like they're primarily women. It's a primarily women based target uh, audience. So, okay. So you had an audience, but it really, it, it wasn't... didn't help you at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. I had a pretty, I think it was a pretty good audience. I mean, by the size of it, 1500 people, it's, it's good, but yeah, that wasn't, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the answer really was like, number one, friends, my network, who do I know? And then yeah. you have a, uh, you have a micro influencer, which yeah. micro influencers are great when they have an engaged audience because yeah. they come across as more authentic. Yeah. And that's been my experience is like often, you know, you would be better off with, all, I would say nine times out of 10, you're going to be better off with uh, five people with 10,000 followings yeah, uh, for than sure. a single 100,000 following. Yeah. And I think the audience, the, the, the big difference between this really working and not working is uh, reaching out to influencers or micro influencers that have an engaged um, following base. So, uh, you know, if people are not engaged with their content, um, you know, nothing's going to happen because we do organically now attract a lot of micro influencers with 10 to 60,000 followers. However, um, they organically post, we don't pay them anything, um, but they organically share our, um, like the, our, our Instagram handle and our product. But we like, I, I can see the pattern if they don't have a really engaged audience, we don't like barely get even a sale from them sharing a story about our products versus if there's like a, I don't know, a person that has 5,000 or even less people following them, but they do have an engaged audience. Um, we tend to get a lot of sales from that. Okay. Interesting. And so do you, th so this is all, this is not, um, not English first. It's Slovenian. It's Your Slovenian. website. I, I don't mean to alarm you. Your website's not in English. Oh, I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh, it's all right. <laughs> it's yeah. It's all in Slovenian right now. That is going to change, but um, yeah, right now we're only catering to our essentially local market, with some exceptions, because we do get like a sale here and there from like Croatia um, or Poland, even because um, people use Google Translate. But um, yeah, it's mainly like. 99% is Slovenian market. So you will ship internationally. True. Yes. Okay. So the website is in one language, one currency, but if I want to go through the effort of running Google translate, I could yes. get this to ship yep. to my country. Yep. Cause Shopify makes it e very easy to set up. <laughs> so oh, I, yeah, we, certainly. yeah, we already have, um, a contract. And we are able to sell internationally. We have like special prices, um, but I'm just not really advertising that at this very moment. Okay. So it is a avenue to scale that you have. It's like, you've got it in your back pocket. You could set it up and you're, yeah. you're holding out on it for the time being. Yeah. Um, do you think this was easier or harder starting in, uh, in Slovenia versus if you were doing this in the US or Canada, like a very Facebook first country? Typically, um, I would say going in the other direction. So going like starting it in English language, catering to international markets is easier, but I'm not sure that's the case at this point. I'm really confused because I, if you were to ask me this question three months ago, I would say that it was easier to start in Slovenian, like, cause I could build my audience. We now have 
past 4,000 followers on Instagram that we mostly got organically. So we have a really good customer base. And I think, you know, three months ago, I would ask, definitely easier starting in Slovenia. But now I was, I was observing some sellers from the Netherlands, actually. And um, I'm not that sure anymore because someone from the Netherlands, it's actually a, a friend of mine. I befriended her now that I've launched my online store because some of the sellers are really connected. So uh, after observing her, she launched her online store in February uh, and has a much larger follower uh, following base on Instagram. I think she just passed 10K because she's doing everything in English. Um, however, I don't know her internal data. I don't know how much she's selling, um, but I'm really confused. I'm not yet sure. I think maybe it was easier starting in Slovenia, but yeah, because it was like there was you could feel that there was something missing. Um, there was a fit in the market. Uh, people were searching for this. They just couldn't find a seller they would, that, would tr um, that they would trust. So yeah, let's say that it was easy. <laughs> That's a long answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, cause it, it, it's speculation. We really yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, the, so when you started, how many products were there? Two? Five. Five. And when I look at the site now, it seems like there's quite a few more. I think it's at least 200. <laughs> I is have it, to are, check. Yeah. Is there, are there just pallets in your garage? Just like crystals in boxes around Porsches? Honestly, my whole house has become a warehouse because I have crystals and we have a quite a large house. And I have crystals in the hall, like it, they're in like there are boxes in the hallways. Um, so it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it, you know, we're, we're doing this on video so I could see the background and it looks like a big open clean room with I a cleaned lot of post-it notes. <laughs> like there were boxes right behind me, um, a couple of days ago. And when I was recording an interview, I was like, oh, I have to clean this. So I have boxes right there. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if we like panned out, moved the camera, yeah. I guess it's just like a hoarder's level series yep. of boxes occurring here. Yeah, it looks really clean here, but not so clean on the other side. <laughs> so that's that's why you always you crop the photo, the frame yep. tight, and yep. then people don't know yep. that you're a trash hoarder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I blur the background when I have a Zoom meeting. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so we're we launch the store, we get our initial traction, we add more products, we're scaling. We've got our house now filling up with inventory. Yeah. At what point do you know, all right, I got to move this to a warehouse or a 3PL? I thought that that click is going to happen sooner, but it didn't until we were making, I think, 20K a month in revenue. That's when I was like, okay, so this is really something that sticks. And this business is like, I have kind of um, verified that it's going to run quite smoothly. And this is something that people are looking for, something that people are buying. Let's look for a warehouse. But it wasn't until I was just, it wasn't until my house was flooding with crystals and I actually stopped and said, okay, things are getting out of control. We need to find something to store everything in and possibly do something else. Uh, and I have met, I've met your husband before, Yuri. Uh, what, what does he think about this? He, <laughs> that's, that's a very interesting story. So he was super doubtful at first and I, he was actually, I think, changing tires on our Porsche when I was, it, it took me like one or two days to launch a, a Shopify store. And he was working on the car in the, uh, outside and he came inside and he was like, what are you doing? And I just, I didn't really, I, I just told him, we're launching an online store. <laughs> so like, oh, you're already building it and you yeah. didn't know? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, cool. Okay. And he was super doubtful. Um, and then we said, okay, if we sell, uh, if we make 1K revenue in one month, um, then this is something that we're going to start working on. And he was doubtful that we're going to do that. And I think we made 5K in the first month. And then he was, he, he told me, uh, yeah, maybe this was luck. So let's see, because it was the holidays. It was the holidays. Okay. And we were like, okay, 
maybe it was like people buying presents and then they're not going to buy anymore. So then we had our next month, which I think we ended with 10K in revenue and he still had some doubts. But then I think by month three, he was like, okay, this is a real thing. And he's now really helping with everything because I couldn't do it all alone. He's really good at like managing things and I'm more of the creative type of person. So we fit together very nice. Um, and yeah, now like now he's super into it. He loves it. And our followers, I frequently show him on our Instagram stories and they love him. They constantly ask like, how, how is he doing? Uh, can, can he answer one of my questions? So it's, yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, I love I love entrepreneurial businesses that um, are run by couples just because I think it, you know, when you can when you can agree when it works out and you've got um, the, the honest and open communication that'll make yeah. it work. Yeah, then really, it becomes like a really a, a fun, um, powerful, great like bonding experience. Yeah, and I'm not saying like this always yeah. works out fantastically, but when it does, it is it it, it is beautiful and fun to watch. Yeah. We've been together for 10 years now. So I think, I think we work together very well, considering that we've lasted for so long. And he loves to tell this story about your soul time that I, I must mention, but like he, he is very, like, like I said, he's good at administrative work. He's good at managing things. And when I actually opened and launched an online store, I didn't even have boxes or envelopes to send, um, our items in. So he was actually the one to ask me, look, you did all that work, but like, what are you going to send these products in? You need something. And I was like, oh, you're right, actually. Oh, it so hadn't he, even crossed your mind? No, no. Like, I, Moisa. I, I know I'm coming from a completely different industry. And I, like, I later started think, thinking about, oh, actually, you're right. Uh, so he was the one to, take care of everything and uh, order the boxes and the envelopes. And he's really good at that stuff. So I just leave it to him. <laughs> okay, but think about this. You were a Facebook ads expert. Yeah. So in theory, your job was to help people sell more stuff more often to more people, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the end result of your work when you succeeded was people picking and packing boxes. And yeah. now you are in that position. It didn't even occur to you. I know. I know. I feel so bad about this. <laughs> all right. So, well, so being having all this Facebook ads experience, two things strike me. Mm -hmm. A, when this business started, you really didn't. It sounds like the success uh, was not Facebook ads related. Like it does not seem like you relied on that. Yeah. At least, certainly not primarily. Yeah. Um, that I think is is fascinating that you're like, I'm a Facebook ads person. By the way, we're gonna bootstrap this. Yeah. And then, yeah. All right, well, let's start there. What yeah. was the, speak to that. Yeah, so I, I knew Facebook ads were always there, but I wanted to test this idea, not without it, because we did invest a little bit in Facebook ads, but we didn't invest a lot. I think it was like, I don't know, five euros a day or something, or maybe even less. Um, but I wanted to see how well it does organically because that to me was the proof that this business is going to work. And I knew, okay. okay, so if we can't achieve that organically, we can always test it with Facebook ads and see if we can push it further. Um, but honestly, like the organic part worked really well. Um, so we added then, we added Facebook ads. Um, so we're now, I don't know how much we're even investing because I stopped looking at it. Um, but um, we are now using Facebook ads more regularly. We run like our campaigns run like they're not evergreen campaigns because we do change the creative and um, change the campaigns, but they are constantly running. Um, but it wasn't I wanted to just validate the idea without without Facebook ads. That was that was my internal goal, so to say. OK, yeah, yeah because from day one, you really said, I don't know if this will work. And I have, well, I don't know if anyone will buy yeah. it. And, uh, you know, I don't even, I have not even gotten to the part where I think about how I'm going to send stuff. <laughs> That's and, true. Right? I couldn't even send the packages out <laughs> if, if I were to start with Facebook ads and get hundreds of orders in day one, I couldn't even send the parcels out. So <laughs> thank right. God. So I, I refer to this as intentional growth. Like you purposefully go, take it slow 
so that it it's more manageable, it's less scary, you can react faster, yep. and things don't blow up in your face, where it's like, oh, now I have 10,000 orders and no boxes. Yep, yep. And, and no inventory. That, like, that's just such a bad place to be in. Exactly. You could say it's a good problem to have, but uh, when you're in it, it doesn't feel so good. And that's essentially why we haven't yet um, scaled to other markets. Like Germany, for example, it's a re really strong market. I did a little bit of analysis with the help of my friend, and... It's looking very promising, but that's also one reason why we haven't yet scaled there because I don't want to be in that position to sell out of every, everything and then just be on the standstill for the next couple of weeks. Excuse me, do you know where 4th Street is? Yeah, up here, make right. Or, uh, no, make left. No, no, make right. Man, this person doesn't know what she's talking about. But you know who does know what they're talking about? Zipify Pages, the most powerful landing page and sales funnel builder on Shopify. All their templates are tested and proven by a $100 million e-commerce brand. So you know their stuff actually works. Finally, someone who knows what they're talking about. You can copy entire templates like opt-in pages, product pages, or holiday promos. Or use the drag and drop builder to create your own custom layouts then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. That means no plugins and no subdomains. So setup is easy and tracking is even easier. And you don't need a designer or developer. Plus all pages are optimized for mobile and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,700 Shopify merchants. To start your 14-day free trial, Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Well, you know, we can't bring up Facebook ads without talking about the, the terrifying specter of iOS 14.5. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. T tell me about it, because you... Uh, you probably know more than most people. Like, what's the issue? Is it as terrifying as we all think? And are there workarounds? So it is terrifi terrifying for advertisers. Um, I think the f Facebook users who don't do advertising don't feel that aspect. However, advertisers definitely do. So with iOS 14, what actually what Apple actually started is this whole privacy thing, which I kind of support. Um, but you now have to your when you open your Facebook app um, with iOS 14, you have to opt in if you want to be tracked because you're automatically opted out. And a lot of people actually decide, hey, I don't want to be tracked by Facebook, which means that we cannot or the data that we get from our Facebook advertising efforts is scarce to what we typically got. So um, all of our optimizations that we now do, they're just flawed because the amount of information is incomparable um, to what we used to get. And it did actually impact your soul time as well. However, I do, like, with our growth, I'm not that like i'm not thinking about that a lot because we do mostly or we do facebook ads for brand awareness um and like at the end of the month we essentially draw a line and see okay this is how much we've made in revenue this is how much we've spent for facebook ads we don't really know how much purchases we got from facebook because that data is not available however this looks good. Uh, we're still making a profit and let's continue doing that the next, um, the next month, maybe with a little bit of more, more inve investing more in Facebook ads. Um, but yeah, this is, this is how Facebook advertising world looks like right now. So it sounds like it, the big fundamental change really was, um, changing which KPI you use to measure success. Yeah. And so you're saying like, all right, ROAS return on ad spend, uh, Facebook can't get the attribution data, so it's no longer, it's a less useful metric. Definitely and is. you described, all right, at the end of the month, we look at, we compare marketing spend versus revenue. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, I've heard that called MER, media efficiency ratio, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So total revenue divided by total yeah. paid media spend. And yes, I Googled it to make sure I didn't screw it up. <laughs> 
So it sounds like that was what you did. You switched to MER. Yep. Yep. That's essentially what we did because um, we we just can't measure anything anymore. And if it looks good, and, and I still ask people. So uh, from time to time, I ask because I engage a lot with our um, our customers. I get around a hundred messages on Instagram a day. Uh, so yeah, we like I do. <laughs> I engage a lot with them and I frequently ask them like, where did you hear about this? And um, they still say Facebook ads. So I saw you were on Facebook ads and that's how I found you. Um, so w when people are still saying that and we're still making a profit, that works for me at this point. And well, you said, wow, getting a hundred messages a day. Yeah. Is What's the next thing? Well, have you outsourced anything yet? No. <laughs> What's the next, are you thinking about it? What's the next thing you would outsource? Oh yeah. So while I love packing parcels, cause it's a whole process. I love <laughs> do doing you? that. I really do. I do enjoy it. It's so like, cause you're the, what I'm actually thinking of when I'm packing the parcels is the reaction that the, the reactions that we get when people unpack them. So I get a hundred messages a day from people saying, Hey, you just made my whole week with this package. I unpacked it. I feel so relaxed. I'm super grateful. Thank you. I'm so grateful that I've discovered you. And that's what I'm constantly thinking when I'm packing these parcels. However, <laughs> I like, we could scale so much more if I, instead of those few hours per day, me packing parcels, if I would do something else, um, scaling would be much easier. I would be much more relaxed. So I think the number one thing that I want to outsource right now is definitely packing. Um, and we haven't been able to do this because we're running everything from our home. So I don't want to have a stranger <laughs> in our home, um, packing parcels. Um, and that's why we wanted to first rent a space where we could actually run this business from. Okay. And is that where the, the brick and mortar store comes in? Yes. I've never opened a brick and mortar store. I have rented a few event spaces. I found it very stressful. I've never done that as well. And I already find it stressful. <laughs> um, so actually, um, what we did in July was what made me think about doing this and opening a brick and mortar store. So. Crystals and incense, it, it's a very interesting market because a lot of people, so especially crystals, these are all unique items. So like, there aren't two crystals that, there aren't two same crystals. So they're all in different shapes. Um, they're all, like you have to see it if you want to actually buy it and be some, some sort of like attracted to it. And a lot of people, our target market says, our audience, um, they say, I, I need to be able to connect with the crystal in order to actually buy it. And I understand that. I understood it from the very beginning, but I didn't know how to actually approach this. Uh, we tried several things with our online store, but it was like back then it was just too early to actually launch a brick and mortar store. And then in July, we decided, I think it was July, um, we decided to do an experiment and to actually have a pop-up event or a pop-up store um, and to see how well it would actually do. So we rented a space for half a day and essentially said, hey, we have this pop-up event. Feel free to come. We're going to have some drinks and food. And you're also going to be able to see all the crystals in person and incense and just connect with them or whatever. So um, that was really a success. So I didn't expect it to go so well. Um, half an hour before we actually opened, there was a line in front of the door and I was, and people were knocking on the door saying, Hey, can I come in? I was like, it's like 30, you're 30 minutes early. <laughs> and we were still sticking prices on the, on the product. So it was all very chaotic, but also very re rewarding because I did like, it's just so different. I think that this type of industry or these types of items, um, you really need to see them in person. If, if people need to see them in person and it's a community that likes to actually hang out and meet other people. Um, and the online, like the pop-up shop was actually a really, like it was a success. People were messaging me for days saying, 
oh my God, can you do this again? Can you come to the other part of the country and do this? Um, so that's when we decided, okay, let's try and find a space. Uh, it took us a couple of months because the real estate market right now isn't really, um, yeah, it's just expensive. <laughs> and there aren't a lot of warehouses or spaces that would look good that would fit what I'm trying to achieve or the general feel that I would like to create in the store. So after a couple of months, um, I actually got in touch with a guy that owns actually two spaces um, and we rented both of them. One is going to be our warehouse and the other one is going to be an on uh, not an online store, a brick and mortar store and an event space. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell. So now you really have to do some outsourcing in that oh, yeah. you're about to hire staff. Yeah, yeah. Does that scare you? Yes, <laughs> very much. And I, when I was talking to my lawyer the other day and she was just running me through different scenarios and I was like, oh, ugh, I feel like I'm so not ready for this. <laughs> But I need to do it. So yes, I'm freaking out, but I think like in a, also in a good way, because I do feel that we're making a lot of progress and yeah. Yeah, at the same, like it's high, it's scary because you're doing it for the first time. That's but true. I, I find in those moments, like if you just, you know, I'm sitting in a mall, if I just look around, I am surrounded by a thousand people who yeah. are employed by someone else. Yeah. And like, yeah, the world keeps moving, nothing exactly. bad happens on a regular exactly. occurrence. People have been doing um, this for years, so like, yeah. I'm going to push through as well. <laughs> yes, and so in those moments, you, that's what you have to remind yourself of. It's like, look, it, I'm by far not the first person to ever have to do this, so yeah. really, how bad could it be? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, hindsight being 2020, looking back on it, what surprised you going into uh, going into direct to consumer retail? So what I was super scared about when I started this was COVID, essentially. Um, I didn't know what, like, the purchasing habits that people have right now. Um, like, is that going to affect me? Um, am, am I different in any way? And what surprised me in a positive way was, because I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but... A lot of people have actually approached me and told me what you do and what you sell fits perfectly into the current situation where everyone is super stressed out and um, they like with COVID and like we like we were in a very extreme lockdown in Slovenia for a couple of months. We couldn't go anywhere. So people were stressed out and they found really this unique and feel good experience when they ordered from our store because they got incense and they could light it up and everything was smelling good and they could relax. So what surprised me in a positive way was how well what and unintentionally we actually fit into um, the general atmosphere of, of COVID and how that was actually very needed. But yeah, early out, like, no, we did no idea, no idea what like, what are these changes going to be? And then of them, what are going to be lasting changes? Yep. And so, you know, you had a lot more people ordering from home in different categories. And it's like, well, you know, what's going to carry forward? What's going to continue? And in your case, you know, um, ultimately what people are buying from you, the direct and benefit is peace of mind. Yeah. Like, you know, you said, yeah, hey, I sell incense and I sell these crystals. But it's, it's part of a larger process. It's it part of, of, of meditating. It's part of self-care. It's part of a mental well-being. Yep. Like I go home and I, I do, if I'm really stressed out, I do yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Yeah. I love oh, it. I love her. Very similar thing. Yeah, yeah. who doesn't love Adrian? She's yeah. the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adrian but that was... me through a migraine <clears throat> over the weekend. Thank okay. you, Adrian. There you go. And, and that's like, this self-care aspect is what actually, what I started thinking of after I launched the online store and it brought people together in a way that we decided, hey, we need a space where we could bring all of these people together, a space that won't be just a brick and mortar store, but would also be an event space where we would have guided meditations, guided yoga events, um, pretty much everything that you can think of self-care related or like just a space where people could 
come and hang out and meet other like-minded people who like to take care of themselves and their mental well-being, um, et cetera. Yeah, being able to, I think part of the magic of this brand is that it sounds really like there is a, a community yeah. behind this and a a community growing with the brand. Yeah. And I think that's the magic for what you've tapped into. Yeah. And then when you combine that with, all right, we can have an event space and we can have experiences. Ah, yeah. okay, now we're really adding value to this thing. Yeah. And then the other part as just like pure business-wise, incense is a consumable good. Ah, I know, yeah. So I have to keep buying. <laughs> yeah, so I never actually thought of that. And uh, then someone, um, I think I was recording a podcast with someone and they told me, that is so genius selling incense. And I didn't know what he was talking about. He was like, you literally burn it and then you have to <laughs> buy again. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually true. <laughs> You do, yeah. Well, yeah. I, in my head, I went consumable good, but you're right. You are no, straight you, up you buying it burn to it. burn it. You you burn the product. Yeah. <laughs> are you mad at it? Oh, <laughs> no, I just like it. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to go back to. You said uh, you said you know, people are, are thrilled when they receive uh, their package and they open it, and you enjoy packing them. Surely, this packaging is not just like we dropped a crystal in a padded mailer and sent it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. We did that at the beginning, though. We did it at oh, the really? beginning because I like I had no idea how to run things. So the easiest thing to uh, to buy was a padded envelope, <laughs> and then we we moved into boxes. So yeah. So what's is there like a presentation to it? What's fancy about it? Oh, for sure. So the f first thing we do is because we sell natural incense, we sell crystals, which are all natural. We tend to be very ecological with our uh, packaging. So we use we use recycled uh, recycled boxes, recycled materials, and um, actually like these um, cotton bags um, that we put our crystals in. So it's very sustainable. It's very eco friendly, um, and we wrap it up real nice. So we uh, we uh, have this paper which we wrap all of our products in, and uh, along with our products, we have these notes that we also um, put into every package, which is first of all, it's a thank you note for supporting us, um, and it's kind of a reminder that thank you note is also a reminder to them uh, to take care of themselves for their mental well-being. So it actually puts them in a really good mood when they open the package. And then um, all like we have a couple of different ones um, that we sent with every product. So for example, if you buy this type of crystal, you get an explanation what it is, what it does, what's what are the metaphysical properties. Uh, for example, when you set, when you buy an incense, we tell you what this is, what you can use it for. Either it's to increase your energy levels or to actually relax you at the end of the day. Um, so I think that really puts people in a good mood. It explains to them what this like. There's a story behind it, um, and that's something that they really appreciate. And it's packaged up real nice. So I think that's something that because we want to create an experience a relaxing experience that starts when you get the package um so yeah the i love it because you're adding so much value over like if you picture it as all right you got a rock in a padded mailer versus <laughs> you know I, I get a box i open it it's in the cotton bag like the, I, I picture like the drawstring bag the, the drawstring those, bag yeah that's it yeah those little drawstring bags are always they're inexpensive they're cute um people save them and reuse them for stuff and and then in there you you've got an explanation and you yep. have a story and you really set the stage for this is you know this is how to use it this is the value in you in doing this yeah um and here's why we're doing it yeah and like um you know obviously no secret i'm, I'm really into disney parks having mm -hmm. been you know like 10 times in the last several years and the the one thing that is universal to everything they do is it doesn't it really doesn't matter how small or insignificant you think something may be someone figured out a way to write a story about it yeah and try it and not all of them work but every single thing has a story to it and that story speaks to a theme yeah and it it just it sets the tone for everything and it i think it really it's just such an easy and overlooked way to uh 
increase perceived value and oh. improve the experience. Yeah, it, it, it's all it's all about the experience, and it re th those stories really make a difference. Um, and it's also what sets us apart from other people selling essentially the same stuff in Slovenia because they like there are a lot of them right now. Um, so um, yeah, I think it it just makes makes a difference. Uh, and in your store, as a, a rel, as a recent merchant, are there any apps you can't live without? You have like a favorite app or an app you wish existed? I have an app that I, oh, okay. An app that I can't live without is um, stamps.io, which is, uh, you know, the ratings. Reviews. Yeah, the reviews. We have, I don't know how many actually, the last time I checked, we had like 500 plus reviews uh, on our store, which is a lot for a very new store. Um, and I can't live without this app anymore because I think it's just it. It proves our authenticity, um, our authority. People love reading other people's reviews. Every like every review or most of them, they're like a story. People tell like what they're doing with the product. This has been a gift for my sister. She was super excited and now she's using it every day. So it's like a whole thing. That's one app that I can't live without. The other one that I can't live without and that I absolutely hate is, I think it's called like a bundles app because we do have several bundles, uh, bundles of products. Um, and um, like the bundle app takes, a, the, um, takes our stock into account when making those bundles. Uh, but I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that bundle app because like it's so buggy and slow, but I like I didn't find a good one. I'm sorry? I said it's clunky. Yeah, clunky and full of bugs and just, ugh. but I can't oh, live no. without it. Yeah. You know, I probably, if you try a few, you'll yeah. land on one that like, that meets your needs. Yeah, I, I need to, I, that was the, the, I did a little bit of research. That was the first one that we really started using. But I think now after a couple of months, maybe we could revisit that again. <laughs> it does. It gets the job done. It's just annoying to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it gets frustrating, especially yeah. when it's like you have three apps like that, where it becomes like, this is a necessary evil. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they can't all be delightful, but yeah, it, it helps. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking a while and I, I'm thrilled to have you here. I greatly enjoy your company, but it's October. I have to, and you're a Facebook ads expert. I got to ask you about Black Friday. Okay. What, what are your feelings? What are your predictions? So us personally, as a merchant, we're not going to do Black Friday because we are, a, what we, we don't do discounts. We only have one discount. It's a 10% discount if you leave a review. Other than that, we don't have giveaways. We don't have other discounts and we're not going to do Black Friday because it doesn't fit the brand. Um, however, I think that Black Friday this year with, I think, COVID becoming like slightly lighter of a problem is going to be really big. Um, however, being a Facebook ads expert, I know that it's going to annoy the heck out of Facebook advertisers or anyone who advertises on Facebook because it's so hard to track everything that happens on Facebook. Now you won't be able to see the ROAS. You won't be able to directly see the correlation between your ad spend and your revenue. So I think that it's going to be a sweet problem to have because I think that the sales are going to be good and it's going to be another record-breaking Black Friday. However, a very annoying one for um, for Facebook advertisers because even now, like you can't do retargeting anymore. Uh, it's not effective anymore. Um, so I know that a lot of merchants relied on retargeting when it came to Black Friday because it's yeah it's most it's the best target audience to work with on Black Friday when everyone's advertising. So it's the cheapest one to advertise in. It's really hard to advertise to cold audiences on Black Friday. However, retargeting being practically out of the window, I think a lot of advertisers will have just a lot of headaches coming to Black Friday and on Black Friday. <laughs> and, uh, well, is there anything we could do instead or anything you recommend people do instead? Um, instead of, well, 
a lot of people have been going to email marketing. That's one thing. Um, so instead of relying on Facebook ads to bring in sales, um, there's always email marketing that you can like you can start growing your email list right now and then use it on Black Friday. The other thing that I really like what a lot of merchants started doing uh, is using lead ads coming to Black Friday. So essentially growing the list of people that are interested in their Black Friday sales through lead ads because uh, lead ads are trackable because everything happens within Facebook ads or I'm sorry, within Facebook ad ecosystem. So using lead ads as, hey, if you want to be the first notified about our Black Friday deals, sign up for our newsletter or whatever for updates here. Um, and then reusing that with um, either retargeting those people um, on Facebook ads and reusing that via your email marketing tool. I, I like all of this advice. <laughs> uh, lastly, where can we go to find out more about you? What is this? What's your, your crystal store? Uh, and what yeah. else you got? So my crystal soul, my, my crystal store is called your soul time. Uh, you can find it on your soul time, your soul time.com and have fun learning Slovenian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get ready to fire up Google translate. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be soon available in uh, English as well. Um, we're aiming at Q1, uh, but we'll see. Um, so your soul time.com, uh, your soul time.si is our Instagram handle. I'm open to any questions. I love interacting with people. Um, so I'm available there or um, superspicymedia.com is my Facebook ads consultancy. And I'm also available on Twitter at Moitza Mars. Uh, so if anyone has any questions that they would like to ask, um, feel free to uh, shoot me a message and I'll be so happy to respond. Wonderful. Moitza, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. When you're creating your own e-com store, sometimes competing just isn't enough. Kick your sales into overdrive with Out of the Sandbox Turbo theme. As the name would imply, Turbo is a high-performance focused premium theme with great mobile optimization. Turbo's even got speed settings, sport, and ludicrous. Ludicrous mode predicts what page will be visited next and preloads the page in the background so your site becomes even faster. They've gone to plat. Load time, speed, Theme support and great mobile optimization are all contributing factors as to why Turbo has a 100% five-star rating by customers on Out of the Sandbox. If blazing fast speed isn't a big enough rush, you can get the premium theme for 20% off. Use code KURT20, that's K-U-R-T-2-0 today at outofthesandbox.com unofficial and you'll be off to the races. Try Turbo today with a 14-day money-back guarantee you're sure to be satisfied. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.